Happy 60 episodes to the FEMA Health Show. I am celebrating two years of the FEMA Health Show on the last day of the month, uh, only because I realized this midway through August. So happy two years to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I would love to do a giveaway for the podcast show, and I plan on doing something coming up soon. So stay tuned for the details of this on the FEMA Health Show Instagram, as announcements are always there. Now, today I wanted to go through some binge eating confessions. When I was coming up with this title, I actually called it Embarrassing Eating Confessions, because as an ex-binge eater, Uh, beach eating was really embarrassing. However, we need to talk about it. And if you're a young woman listening to this show or a woman in her forties with binge eating behaviors, we need to discuss these openly. So, you know, you aren't alone and you can work on healing yourself because I have, I'm a result of that. I would often try to hide it. I would sneak food away to my room. I would stuff food into my mouth at family events because they knew I would eat it and the judgment I I was not caring about. But at parties, I would say no to the dessert and act like I had it under control. But actually, when I was on the way home, I was just thinking about what I was going to make or get my hands on as soon as I walked in the door. My binge eating didn't resolve after competing in a bikini show either, and it didn't resolve once I lost X amount of weight. I think binge eating was actually only considered a food disorder in 2013, and that was when I was 18 years old. So for a long time of my teenage years, I thought I really had a problem, but didn't realize this was something others also struggled with until I started searching about it, maybe at 20 or so. And then I felt a sense of belonging, like, okay, I'm not weird. This is something other people are experiencing too. Today is not about embarrassment, which is why I didn't title this episode that, but I am confessing my experience and talking about how some of these certain experiences help me and can help you. If you want to move forwards with your life and no longer tied to the emotions of yourself around food and suffering in silence, say yes out loud, wherever you are right now, you're going to start saying some yeses. If you're committed to starting the change, say yes. If you want to stop obsessing about food before you go to sleep and when you wake up, Say yes. If you want to enjoy exercise without having it be to work off food, say yes. To take back your power, to take your power in general, you need to say yes to yourself now. Before I discuss more, I just want to explain what binge eating is so you can understand clearly what it is and also what it's not. The Butterfly Foundation has some great resources on binge eating, which I've linked in the show notes and used for this first part. So check that out if you need. Now, what is a binge eating disorder or a BED? Binge eating disorder is characterized by regular episodes of binge eating. Binge eating means eating a very large amount of food in a short period of time with a sense of being out of control or unable to stop. You may feel numb or feel disconnected from your body while eating, not fully tasting or experiencing the food. You may have a binge eating disorder if you frequently consume large amounts of food in a shorter period of time, often eat very quickly without being hungry and continue to eat when already full to the point of discomfort, experience feelings of guilt and shame after a binge binging episode, are secretive about your behavior around food, such as eating alone. My advice is in this next part of this episode, and I discuss two things, two thoughts that I reflect on now as someone who really has moved on from that time of my life and what I want you to know and reflect on yourself and some confessions are in there. 
Today's episode is not to treat or diagnose it. It's simply information. So if you're looking for more help, this is something I do have experience with and regularly life coach with my clients with these issues. But I will say if you are experiencing any depression or anxiety, you do want to connect yourself with a team of people like a binge eating disorder counselor or a psychologist and an exercise specialist like a personal trainer to assist in life development, not just mental or physical health as an isolated thing. You need to work on maybe everything at one time because it does help can be overwhelming, but it is very important, which leads me to point one. Exercise is great, but be honest. Why are you using it? My experience with food was a roller coaster. I would often eat my feelings. I would also eat without feelings. I would associate food with good times, but also try to restrict food so I could eat more of the food I really wanted, like peanut butter and bread or lots of pasta. I counted my macros and, and calories, which actually made it worse. Um, I It was terrible for me. And I experienced this for a very, very, very long time. I was exercising too much. I was training in the gym for maybe one to two hours, three to four times per week, but that wasn't helping. Exercise is great. It's a well-known natural antidepressant. But as a result of all of this overtraining, it was really just reinstating the more I sweat, the more I get to eat. Or, and, and or, the more I'm working off the junk I ate. Exercise is great, but mismanaged, it may be propelling the wrong ideas in your head my suggestions on this get a trainer who understands binge eating and get a trainer who is going to prioritize strength and food sustainability they need to have both doing a bikini show is not the answer my binge eating went away completely during that time because i committed to something so seriously i took this on so seriously if anyone is listening to the show who knew me back in 2018 when i was competing I was so entrenched in this world. I was so focused on my steps and my cardio, my training. I ended up spending like three hours in the gym sometimes. I became 12 kilos lighter. And there was a time when I was working on the gym floor. Shout out at Reservoir Leisure Center to Joe. I had to call the duty manager at that time and bless her heart. I think she knew when she saw me, my body was breaking down. I was going to be sick. I was pale. I was ill. I hadn't eaten. I was fasting most mornings and I was probably two weeks or so out from the last show date of nationals and I didn't have any food with me for that morning shift. And the morning shift was, I think, about four hours. So I called her. I said, I'm feeling sick. I need I need to sit down. She came in and she goes, go have a hot tea. I went and had a hot tea to settle my stomach because I was literally going to throw up. I was sick from not eating anything. I was so unwell. Now, post this competition prep. My binge eating came back with a vengeance and I was working at F45 at this time as I competed and I had a jar of Skippy's peanut butter, which my step grandma bought for me um, post my show as a present because I wasn't allowed to have peanut butter for a very long time. I devoured a whole kilo of peanut butter in about a month. I am not even joking. If you ask my ex-boyfriend at the time, who was also working with me at F45, he will tell you on our breaks, I would go in there and I would devour the peanut butter that I had in there because it was just uncontrollable. Now, this binge eating um, became worse, I think, for a certain period of time. I had no show date. I had done what I said and I paid to do. It was all over. And this is what happens when you do an eight-week challenge or a 12-week transformation package. You lose yourself to the process. You give it all, striving for the end and focused on the outcome, focused on what I'm going to look like, what I'm going to feel like, what I'm going to wear, the cool photos I'm going to take. There was like this story in my head that if I looked a certain way and lost all that weight, 
that I was actually going to be better at the end of it all. But I was pushing myself so hard. And what I want to pretty much tell you is that your identity hasn't actually shifted with you. And things that are unsustainable, like a challenge or something that's pushing you so hard, that's unsustainable. And all you're looking forward is to when it's over. This is a really big red flag for you. And quite frankly, it's a big key indicator that you haven't shifted or it was just too hard and something part of that process isn't sustainable. And that's a good thing for you to realize right now because you are focused on the outcome instead of focusing on the process and your behavior changes for sustainability. So you need help from authorities who understand what you're going through. You don't go to a doctor to talk about your car. You go see the mechanic. You need to work with someone who understands you and you can't just exercise your problems away. Now, I've got an amazing online client who we are working really closely together on this, both in her training and she's wickedly strong. She's repping out five bodyweight chin-ups. She'll soon be able to do 10 by the end of the year. I promise you that. She hit her goal of 80 kilo deadlifts this morning. Um, But we're closely talking about food relationships as well and how she manages herself. And honestly, I think what she gets from this coaching experience with me is the permission to have setbacks. And this might sound weird, But when you're trying to figure things out alone, you fight yourself in your head about not failing, about not giving into your cravings and not being quote unquote bad. But I give her the permission to be human and have those moments. Setbacks are necessary and you do need to be okay with this. Now, my point two of today's talk is food education will set you free. There's multiple times in my life that food education as a teenager would have been helpful, i.e., Riding 600 kilometers, bike riding 600 kilometers in 10 days with the Great Victorian bike ride when I was in year 10, knowing how much food is fuel probably would have helped me get through that a lot easier. Now, I grew up in an era where we were kind of in the middle between the skinny movement where you're seeing models um, starving themselves and then the plus size were kind of being shamed, but also magazines and stuff were kind of changing to incorporate more what a normal woman who's not a model looks like and you know to some extent i do still think that this is a problem obviously social media has accelerated body image issues and maybe the movement of looking a certain way but i do also think that social media is quite powerful and you choose who you follow and i really feel like there are a lot more relatable figures there are a lot more relatable people out who are just presenting themselves as who they are who they are and love themselves of course it's always going to be trolls there's always going to be a hater but we're not focusing on the haters so to some extent i do still think that there is an issue and there will always be an issue because as you're growing up as a teen you're still trying to figure out who you are but if you're an adult if you're in your 20s or you're 18 to 40 and i know my audience is generally 18 to 40 year olds Um, we need to understand that food education will set you free. And I actually had a consult with a 14-year-old girl and her mum a few weeks ago, and the 14-year-old girl wanted to train with us. And the fact is, she said in the consult, food is fuel. She kind of blew my mind when she said that. At 14, I don't think that would have been my response. She wanted to learn how to lift and eat for strength development. Again, blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, where did you come from? (laughs) In a world where strong is the new skinny and females bearing just who they are in their natural shape is celebrated. It's a very different world. And again, food education will set you free. Understanding what a protein, fat, and a carb do in the body for you and the benefits of these for strength and fitness. These macronutrients allow us to kind of, in a non 
in a non-complicated way, go, this is what it's good for. This is what it's doing my body. Your body doesn't know that you had a Mars bar. Your body doesn't know that you had Coke. Your body doesn't know that you ate a chocolate mud cake with pomegranate sauce. It just knows protein, fats, carbs, fiber, sugar, okay, whatever you want to break it down to. And we need to just stop overcomplicating it. You can't jump on trends either. You need to just see things for what they are. If you're always jumping on shakes and weight loss trends and trying to get into that transformation challenges where they're giving you macros and calories and then you're obsessing over it, it's not healthy. It's not helping you. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if you want to enjoy food, you need to actually eat the right amount of food first and get comfortable eating that period You need to get comfortable eating on a regular, consistent basis day to day because binge eating is happening because one of my reasons, I believe, because of your discomfort with eating. You are unsure what you need to eat in order to be happy or feel satisfied. And so you overeat and then restrict and then you have emotional issues and other stuff's happening, happening in your life. It's not just I love food too much or I just eating to heal my body and make me feel good and and have a whole bunch of dopamine dump. It's actually a coping mechanism. So when you reframe what binge eating is around food, it's a coping mechanism. You're eating most likely for two reasons. One, because something's happened and you feel uncomfortable and you want to feel good and you use it as comfort or two, because you don't know what you need to eat. So you binge eat some days and then some days you restrict and then you have that shame and guilt cycle. Once you realize this, that you're overcompensating with food to mask feelings or surge some dopamine to feel better, you realize it's actually more about your mental health and just in general education and feeding your body nutrient dense foods will help your mental health. Pair it with a good training regimen and a team of people who support you. How could you fail? If you committed to this for a whole year where you ate at your maintenance calories, slowly working them up, depending how, you know, whatever, usually you can get people up to maintenance calories quite easily with a binge eating disorder because you're so in and out and so dysregulated. It's actually quite easy. I find Um, it's just probably getting consistent. That is the tricky part and probably, you know, one or two things when you do overindulge and trying to like get yourself back into a consistent state rather than this guilt and shame cycle. Just think how powerful you could feel and how much life would improve for you if you committed to that for a whole year. And it's not eight weeks, like it's a lot longer, 365 days. And that's not to say in those 365 days that you don't have setbacks, but it's saying that you're so self-aware that they will happen, that they don't let you down, that you don't let them bring you down. So you'd have to change. You would change in that year. So why not start now? You know, one year from now, September, 2023. Wow. Hot girl summer around three. (laughs) Um, My final thoughts on this to change. You need to change to have a different experience. You can't let past experiences be your current experience. Use it as a guide as to how you have operated and how you would like to operate or function around food in future you or now you tomorrow you. A little activity I learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, was experiencing the experience before it happens. Now, you're going to use positive experiences and positive emotions to create a sense of positive fulfillment. It's not about faking it till you make it. It's wiring 
or this word is so hard for me to say, it's rewiring the negative patterns you would go down. I would also suggest to do this activity with some light jazz or blues or meditation music in the background, light a candle, set the scene for yourself. So you're kind of in that zone and have your journal out. Now, if we're going to do this activity, these are some of the questions we're going to go through. If you can visualize how you want to feel when you get to the party or when you get to the lunch with your colleagues or when you go for that date night with someone, you need to visualize how you want to feel first. How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up? What, what's going to be experience? How is that? Sta- how is this starting? How is it going to start with you? Remember, positive reinforcement. What do you want to feel positively when this happens? Then I want you to visualize the menu. What do you feel when you see the menu? Hint, the answer is not overwhelmed. It's joy and free. Someone is about to cook a meal for you. What do you desire? Too many options you want? Okay, simplify. That's okay. Can you share with your date or your colleagues? Can you ask for another option? Can you ask for a smaller portion size? Think outside the box. This is a free space for you to think creatively. And I think if you overthink it, you're not in that creative state. So just use this time to be creative. What did the food taste like? Sweet, salty, savory, mouthwatering. I'm thinking about steak. (laughs) I love steak. What did it make you feel in the moment? Happy, elated, replenished, restored. What do you want to feel once you've finished the meal? Satisfied, grateful, love, joy. And to close off this experience, what did you feel when you walked away from the restaurant, the party, the event? What were the thoughts? Remembering this is what you want to experience, not what you have in the past. We are rewiring new neural pathways, not instilling the old habits and feelings. I love talking about food. I love talking about psychology. It's something that I feel us humans tap out of when we get into this stress ball pattern, explode, retreat, and then repeat. There's no need to live like this. I'm going to quote my online client again. She said a few weeks back now, I liked my recovery from this binge this time. You can heal. You can get better. You don't have to be stuck and you don't have to do this alone. Lean on people who understand. Thank you so much for listening. Stay fit, fierce and focused. And don't forget to leave a five-star review or rating on Spotify or iTunes. Before you leave, wherever you listen to this show on, it helps my show out and connects more of us together. 